Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome to another episode of Mod Chat. For those who do not know, this is a podcast I do here at least monthly in two different forms. First of all, it is available in a video visual form here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey channels, where you can get a video visual version of this. Sometimes we'll do a little bit of show and tell, but it's also just something nice that you can see, I suppose, especially when I'm showing the source material and such. However, this is also available, as I said, it is a podcast and it is available as an audio only version. If you want to fire up your favorite podcasting app, host, provider, or platform, you can look up ModChat, all one word, and you should hopefully be able to find it. I know it's not available on all of them, but it's available on most of them. Either way, this is a show here I do at least monthly where it does cover some news and topics in the world of video game console modding and video game modding in general and all that. Sometimes there's some cool stuff I'm covering here, upcoming things, and sometimes there's going to be things that will be less fun like I'm going to be talking about in this episode here. This one is actually going to be a little bit of a rare episode and occasionally I do this where I really focus more on one topic or I really only cover one topic in this regard so that's exactly what we're going to be talking about here and we can just delve right into it and we're really going to be talking about well i guess dolphin steam and the Wii common key for the rest of this now this all started on may 26th or may 27th depending on where you're at in the world but for some background here the dolphin emulator as it states is an emulator for two recent nintendo video game consoles the GameCube and the Wii. It allows PC gamers to enjoy games for these two consoles in full HD with several enhancements, compatibility with all PC controllers, turbo speed, networked multiplayer, and even more. So now that we have that out of the way, we can check out the latest small but disappointing article here where it states here, I'll just read it verbatim, it is with much disappointment that we have to announce that the Dolphin on Steam release has been indefinitely postponed. We were notified by Valve that Nintendo has issued a cease and desist signing the DMCA against Dolphin's Steam page and have removed Dolphin from Steam until the matter is settled. We are currently investigating our options and we will have a more in-depth response in the near future. We appreciate your patience in the meantime. And this immediately set the internet on fire because this was looked at as seeing an attack on emulation right here where for the most part it has been widely understood thanks to really unfortunately the death of bleem that emulation is legal to do here really the big things are going to be that it does have to be clean room reverse engineering that you're going to utilize for building out the emulator and when you redistribute the emulator you cannot redistribute it with copyrighted code that means you can't redistribute it with a bios with a firmware of the system that you're emulating uh, with cryptographic keys uh, and especially games as well too. You just can't redistribute any of that in order for it to be clean and legal. And Dolphin has been that, at least people were thinking for a while. So what was the issue with this? I will say, at least here in my opinion, I think it was just that Dolphin was on Steam itself and with Steam being so big and emulation really having kind of a big resurgence in recent time thanks to Steam and really thanks to the Steam Deck, uh, that this is why this is really targeted specifically on Steam. And really, at least we haven't heard at this time anything on the actual Dolphin websites 
right here. Like you can go to the site itself, you can go over to the download section, you can still download all of this just fine. However, do keep in mind what I just said there in regards to what can and cannot be distributed with an emulator. Now I'm going to be quoting here Yakumono or Luigi Blood because they had some really good insight as they typically do here, uh, but they said in regards to a quote tweet about uh, Dolphin on Steam being postponed, they said, unlike last time, this is the first real attack on an emulator I've seen. That said, it doesn't change much of the base prom. Re-release your games already. However, this here, which I just realized I didn't like until now, uh, he's stating, quoting the DMCA, the Dolphin emulator operates by incorporating these cryptographic keys without Nintendo's authorization and decrypting the ROMs at or immediately before runtime. Now he says here, this is objectively true. I just checked the Wii common key is in the emulator source code. I'll just put the most relevant Wikipedia page that exactly applies to this, which is illegal numbers, talking about cryptographic keys and such from hardware and software that can or cannot be redistributed. So continuing on, he says here in this thread, yes, I know this isn't the first time emulators have been attacked legally. Please stop to debate me on this. My point was just that I didn't really see any of the other previous ones and wanted to compare with the lockpick RCM takedown that was not really about emulation itself. Now, interestingly enough, this was even linked by Yakumono or Luigi Blood himself here over to someone who at least used to be on the Dolphin Foundation, which is, you know, all around Dolphin. So reading this here from Pierre Bourdon, they state here, you may have seen or heard the news about Dolphin, Valve, Nintendo from a few hours ago. If not, read this here from PC Gamer. Uh, unfortunately, pretty much everyone has been getting the legal details wrong, including Dolphin themselves on their blog, now fixed. Quick thread with my personal summary on the situation. A disclaimer, they're saying here, I'm not officially involved with Dolphin anymore. I was the treasurer for the foundation, backing the project for a while. Technically, still am for a month, but I've stepped down from the project a month or so ago. So, still plenty of context, but not much at stake for me. The error that many have done in their reporting is to say this was a DMCA takedown notice, or DMCA notice, or ugh, DMCA. This was none of these things. The DMCA is a broad set of laws that includes a process for copyright owners to ask publishers to take down data. This is defined in Section 512C of the Copyright Act, and it comes with some requirements from the claimant side of things, here Nintendo, and some liability on the publisher side of things, here Valve. It also includes rights for the entity accused, here the Dolphin emulator, to counterclaim allowing the publisher to reinstate the content until the claimant sues. In this case, none of this process was followed. To the best of my understanding, this is what happens. 1. Valve Legal contacted Nintendo of America to ask, hey, what do you think about Dolphin? 2. Nintendo replied to Valve, we think it's bad and also it violates the DMCA anti-circumvention provisions. Note, nothing about violating copyright itself. Also, please take it down. 3. Valve Legal takes it down and forwards Nintendo of America's reply to the Dolphin Foundation contact address. This is very much not a Section 502C takedown, just a standard legal removals C and D between two companies. This has some interesting and sad consequences. Dolphin is not a party into any of this. Valve's terms of service likely allows them to take down anything for any reason they want. There's no counterclaim process or anything like this. Valve could have decided to ignore Nintendo with no liability. They decided to just do whatever they were asked, and that's not surprising given they initiated the contact in the first place. Dolphin probably has no recourse here to get any other outcome from Valve, but also no particular risk or liability. Now onto Nintendo's legal claims. No one can tell for sure whether Dolphin is in the right or whether Nintendo is in the right. 
Like all legal matters, there is a lot of space for interpretation. Dolphin does distribute the Wii AES-128 common key, which is used to encrypt Wii game discs. This isn't required in theory. The tools that dump games could just dump decrypted images. In fact, that might be easier than dumping encrypted images. The decryption is done transparently by the Wii OS. Whether that's allowed by exemption clauses for interoperability, whether that's allowed by some kind of fair use clause, whether Nintendo's broken DRM actually counts as an effective copyright protection measure, etc., only a lawsuit could decide that your guess is probably as good or as bad as anyone else's. So that is a whole lot of information to take in here that, um, you know, it does shine much more of a light on it. And we even do have them here admitting that the Wii common key is in place in the emulator itself. Now, I did also want to highlight this right here, which this has been verified from a Citra developer. For anyone who doesn't know, Citra is a 3DS emulator that is also released and widely available and such. Now, this is a comment over on the emulation subreddit under the thread of which this was originally posted, this news and such here. So I'm just going to pull a few things in regards to this. First of all, one thing Bob here is saying is, you know how all these other emulators like Citra, Ryu, Yuzu, CMU, etc., they all say dump your keys by following this guide? Ever wonder why you didn't need that with Dolphin? Because Dolphin illegally distributes Nintendo's Wii decryption key. Here, the Wii common key is right there in Dolphin's source code, which is what the DMCA is about. I know we just talked about it not specifically being a DMCA, but point is, he does link to where this is over on the Dolphin GitHub page. As it states, yes, it is in fact illegal to distribute these distribution keys, and that's been shown in court already. Check out this wiki for some background information, and he's talking about the illegal numbers there. Long story short, there was a group that cracked the decryption key for DVDs and made and distributed software with this key that would let people decrypt and dump their own discs. The courts decided that since the key was obtained by bypassing DMCA measures, it could not be distributed which is exactly what's happening here. Dolphin is distributing the key used to decrypt disks, so Nintendo is issuing a takedown. It says it right there in the linked article, quote, the Dolphin emulator operates by incorporating these cryptographic keys without Nintendo's authorization and decrypting the ROMs at or immediately before runtime. Thus, use of the Dolphin emulator unlawfully, quote, circumvents a technological measure that effectively controls access to a work protected under, quote, the Copyright Act. And this is all done here because he states, this is the last thing I really pull from this here, saying there simply wasn't any way for users to legally obtain their keys from the Wii. Add to that, every dump that people will make will be encrypted as well, meaning the emulator is functionally 100% useless as you can't play games without the key, and you can't legally obtain the key either, so as I was told, I heard they added the key as a compromise. So, this is something that's been around for a while because Dolphin is not a new emulator by any means. It's been around for a long time, but it seems like there is now something here that has a lot more of a spotlight on it, unfortunately. And it's one of those things that's kind of really caught up, I guess, so to speak. Uh, unfortunately, this is why here you see a lot of emulators and emulator developers have to be a lot more careful with how they trend. And there's people here who could also say, okay, this isn't a big deal. If you're developing an emulator, just include the Wii key and it will work just fine so you can play all your games. Uh, and it seems like that's what was going on for years and years and years, but you can see 
it did catch up with the emulator in some way. You know, even for some bonus points, I did want to refer back to this because I know some people uh, just personally have questioned this before, like when I've had, you know, discussions in regards to emulators with people. They said, you know, I'm surprised that these emulators are able to put up photos of this. Like we have, you know, for example, like Super Mario Galaxy 2 right here. We have this showing. We have uh, F-Zero GX showing. And I'm super shocked that they're allowed to do this. You see Twilight Princess, all of this is shown. Well, funny enough, people refer to the Bleem lawsuit, of course, which points to the emulation being illegal in this regard, uh, but there was actually two lawsuits with Sony versus Bleem, and the second one here was actually directly related to screenshots, and just pulling this, and this is directly from the copyright office and everything, uh, but this here is talking about an issue that Sony had, in which initially this second lawsuit was filed in regards to screenshots that Bleem was showing of their games on their product. Now, in the key facts, they say, to demonstrate that difference, defendants included screenshots in advertising that compared the same scene as played on a PlayStation and a PC. Plaintiffs sued, alleging copyright infringement and seeking an injunction to prevent defendants from using the screenshots. The district court ruled in favor of Sony entering a preliminary injunction against Bleem. Defendants appealed the district court's ruling that their use of the screenshots in the advertisement was fair use. The issue here being whether defendants' use of screenshots comparing plaintiffs' video games on PCs and Sony Playstations was fair use. And the holding here is that vacating the lower court's injunction, the circuit court held that defendants' use of actual as opposed to simulated screenshots for the purpose of comparative advertising was fair use. While defendants' use was for a commercial purpose, the court found that use of the screenshots for comparative advertising weighed in favor of fair use because it provided information to the public and would likely encourage innovation. Additionally, the court found that defendants' use of screenshots took an insignificant portion of the work and that there was not a market for the screenshots. The court further noted that even if there was a market for screenshots, defendants' use of a handful of screenshots would have no noticeable effect on the plaintiff's ability to do with its screenshots what it chooses. So this here, we can also thank Blame for this, uh, for anybody who's ever wondered. Uh, this is why emulators and emulator developers are able to really have screenshots of games running on their emulators alongside the releases of them and comparisons and downloads. Now, sometimes within mod chat, I like to do a little bit of show and tell, and that's actually one I wanted to do right here with a emulator that, from what I observe, is seeming to do everything cleanly and correctly in this regard, and really one that's held to a high standard. So another system from the same generation, the PlayStation 3, is also getting emulated beautifully these days with the RPC S3 emulator. Now, we'll really break down why, from what I understand, this one is being done correctly on here. So first of all, when you go to the website, they do have a notice saying, no piracy, we do not condone piracy of any kind, asking for providing or discussing illegal download links is not allowed in our communities. Purchasing legitimate game copies through the PlayStation Store or through acquiring game discs and using those copies with RPCS3 is the best way you can assure that you will have a clean copy that will work with the emulator. You can use your legal copies with RPCS3 by following the instructions in our Quick Start Guide, 
which we'll even check out right there. But once you understand that, at this point you can check out everything and you can go in and download this emulator. So it is a open source emulator as it says. We can click on the download link and since I'm running Windows, I'm going to download the latest Windows release. I bet you all weren't expecting when I was talking about Wii stuff I was going to be setting up a PS3 emulator, but here we are. Don't worry, don't really use this as a guide. I'm just kind of using this here all as a demonstration itself. But right here we have the archive itself, so I'm just going to right-click this and extract it into its own folder. And we have the folder over here. So once we open this all up, it should look a little something like this. We can just double-click the executable, let it run. And right here, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that it gets created right on boot. And it says here that this is a open source emulator and debugger. It's written in C++ for all of these operating systems. Now, to get started, you must first install the PlayStation 3 firmware. You can refer to this lovely quick start guide right here. And you have to also say, you know, you've read the quick start guide, which don't worry, we're going to be getting to that. And also says, you know, it does not condone piracy. You must dump your own games. There's a lot of warnings here that you can see but I'm just going to say do not show again and we can continue on. So right here the emulator looks a little something like this. Now we can't just start adding in games willy-nilly unfortunately. Uh, right now the emulator is effectively useless because we do need to provide uh, Sony's firmware on here. Uh, so that's been one thing for example. As you can see we've downloaded this emulator. It does not come with any games. It does not come with, from what I understand, any copyrighted code on here, and you need to provide that yourself. That's why if you're emulating the PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2, they do say that you need to bring your own BIOS. Now I'm just showing this one here as an example, but this is why Lockpick RCM, which we talked about before, was looked at to be legal from our understanding on here. For anyone who does not know, this was in regards to the Switch, and the Switch emulators, in order to utilize the games and such on there and run them, you do have to have encryption keys that are available. So in order to get those keys, as we've said, redistributing them is illegal. We do have an understanding of that. However, from what many people, including myself, believe is that if you are dumping them yourself on your own hardware, whether, for example, you dump them from a 3DS that you mod yourself, as long as everything is all up and up, or even the Switch itself, uh, if you are dumping them yourself and you're using them yourself and you're not redistributing them, that should be okay, which is why Lockpick RCM, when this was going down, uh, was a really big hit and kind of questioned a whole bunch. However, this here is for the Switch, and like I said, this is a tool that is used you use it on your modified switch you're able to dump your keys and at that point you're then able to take your keys file and bring it with you into an emulator so you can play your switch backups thankfully looking at the quick start guide over on rpcs3 uh, that is not needed here. You don't have to, at least at this portion, uh, dump anything from your system just yet, because if you're setting all this up, uh, you do need to download the PlayStation 3 system software. So this is going to be similar to getting BIOS, for example, on like a PlayStation 1 or 2 emulator, except check this out right here. You go ahead, click this. It brings you to the official site itself where you can use this on your own system and such. And from here, you can use update using a computer and download the latest PS3 update right from Sony's site. So with all of that downloaded, you saw exactly where I got the firmware from. Didn't have to do it through any nefarious means. You can just go to File, Install Firmware, and I have the firmware placed right here. And at this point, you install the system firmware itself, successfully installed PS3 firmware and LLE modules, hit OK, 
And at that point, it then has to do a little bit of prep work, but we do have all of this set up so far. Now, going back over to the guide, you might be wondering, how do you get your games on here? And this is where we're talking about this all in this regard. Uh, it does state here also in regards to the firmware, it says due to legal reasons, we cannot distribute the official PS3 firmware files. Uh, however, in regards to this here, uh, you know, we're talking about game data, save data, formats, all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to be using, in this case here, a disc-based game. Uh, now, unfortunately, I can't just put a disc into my Blu-ray drive and rip it right off the bat, uh, because it is going to be encrypted. Uh, so, RPCS3 will only handle decrypted data in this regard. Uh, now, there's two ways of doing it. One of them is actually this method right here, where you can end up dumping, as I said, uh, with a blu-ray drive on your computer you can dump the encrypted iso and then you can use some tools to decrypt those games uh, however what a lot of people also opt to do is right here just dump with a playstation 3 which is what i'll show you so right here i do have my ps3 super slim on the side all ready to go it has been soft modded with ps3 hin so I'm going to go ahead and activate it, and in the disk drive, I do have a disk that I am wanting to dump over here. Uh, so as I said, the disk is encrypted. This is a system I have. I modified it myself. This is also a disk that I own here. It is Zone of the Enders HD Collection, and also includes this demo as well too, but I really more just care about the game itself right now. So for this, I'm going to be using Multiman as my software, and once you launch Multiman and you have the disk in place, you can go ahead and find it right here. Now, I already have a few games already dumped and decrypted on this system, and you can see that these ones are on the HDD themselves, as you can see. However, Zone of the Enders is on disk, so what I can do is just hit the triangle button, go over to copy, and I've inserted a USB drive, so I'm just going to hit X on there, and we're going to say yes to this. It's going to verify the data, and there we go. It's going to take some time, but at this point, it's going to copy over everything to the USB drive itself. So you can dump this to your internal, of course, as well, but the point is I just want to have this dumped onto some kind of storage so I can just show it as a demonstration here. All right, so as you can see, uh, the timer is not lying to you. I didn't think it was going to take this long, but I always seem to forget how long it can take to dump PS3 games on the system itself. So it has taken well over an hour for this. I don't mind all too much because this is a odd little variation of the game where I'm pretty sure it's just the standard retail edition, but the casing and everything, I'll have it up on screen, is a, uh, I guess, promo copy of sorts or probably a review copy that I end up picking up at a swap meet at one point. So uh, here we go. We are all done. Uh, I was trying to say to all that that I still want to back this up just in case it's any different than the retail version. Uh, but as you can see, we're done here, so I'm going to hit square. And you can see here there's two copies. There's the disk I have in place, and there is the USB version that I just backed up. So let's go ahead, eject this, take it over to our computer, and I'll show you what's up. With that all completed, as you can see, I can go to my H drive, I can go to the games section, and it is dumped right there. There is the disk-based version that I do legally have and own, and I was able to dump myself. And with the way this all works, since I was able to use PS3 and Multiman, I was able to get all the data here decrypted. So we don't have to go through any extra process to decrypt this data now on the computer, thankfully. At this point, I should just be able to load up a game. So I'll go to Add Games, of course. Go to my H drive, go here, select this folder, and as you can see, 
there it is right there, Zone of the Enders HD. So just like that, it does take some time, of course, but as you can see, that would be the process of getting your games onto the emulator. You saw through this entire process here, we downloaded the emulator files, we had to provide our own firmware, we had to provide our own games as well too, and even at that, we had to have them decrypted. So we were able to decrypt them ourselves using the PS3 dumping process, and that is how it should be going here. However, if RPCS3 was being redistributed with the firmware itself or any keys, for example, like if I could just load up encrypted games in here and the emulator itself was redistributed with keys that allowed for decryption of that that were, you know, proprietary and owned by Sony, then RPCS3 would be in trouble. That's just the whole visual here of, from what I observe, something that is done right on an emulator front. So that is about it for this episode of Mod Chat. Now, just keep in mind here, I am going to be recording kind of like bits of this throughout the week, I suppose. And really when it comes down to it, this is going to be released about a week after the initial events. So hopefully things will be a little more accurate here and the dust will settle, so to speak. I know the beginning when this was initially taken down, there was quite a bit of confusion. One of the things being, for example, everyone was saying that it was a DMCA takedown, which it seems like that was not the case. We now know this was a cease and desist issue to Valve, but it was originally kind of started and stemmed from Valve communicating with Nintendo on this and just asking, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Is this okay? Uh, I will say here, I want to dedicate this final part of the episode to giving really my final thoughts on this and more of my opinions here. And really, when it comes down to this, this is certainly complicated. Uh, we do know it's been proven and really shown, and there is some gray areas with <laughs> all this encompassing. But for the most part, emulators are legal as long as they're not going to be redistributing any sort of proprietary code that they don't have the permission to redistribute. So some examples of this being full games. Uh, if they don't have permission to redistribute a game, then that's going to be piracy at that point. It can't be repacked with an emulator. Same thing with per system files. You cannot bundle system BIOS or system firmware if you don't have permission to do so. And in this regard, it is a common key. Now, I've seen a lot of opinions and thoughts on this as well too throughout the week. And one person I had seen had said that the Wii common key, the thing that seems to be the issue right here, which has actually been, from what we see now, it's been in the Dolphin source code for years at this point. It just now has a giant spotlight blasted on it. However, it seems that the key was found through clean room reverse engineering, which is okay in that regard. And if it was, fantastic. That's great. That means the key was not found through hacking or other type of illegitimate means. And by hacking, I mean, it's not like they, you know, hacked into a server and download the source code for the Wii and just found the key right there. If it was done in a clean room setting, then that's great. Finding a key like that in a clean room reverse engineering setting seems to be fine. Redistributing it to my understanding is not okay unless you have the permission to do so and that is where the issue is at least in this regard here for this specific emulator. Now it's also worth noting from what I've read since Dolphin is a GameCube and a Wii emulator that GameCube games actually don't need this key which when you look at it at surface level it makes sense. This is the Wii common key and Dolphin started as a GameCube emulator. So if you take this key out of Dolphin it can play GameCube games just fine. However, to my understanding, Wii games are encrypted, and even when you dump them from the Wii like you're supposed to, those dumps are going to be encrypted. So in order to actually decrypt those games, you do need the Wii common key at that point. And that's where I think that 
this issue can be fixed here. I don't think this means Dolphin is dead in the water. I think this was something that was maybe assumed or overlooked here or something. I'm not really sure on that because I'm not a part of the development team there. I'm not a part of the Dolphin Foundation by any means. However, I do think that this can get cleaned up and remedied. And really, I think there's two ways that you can go about doing this. One of them is removing the need for the Wii Common Key entirely. And in that regard, it would mean that you would need to provide decrypted dumps of Wii games to the system itself. Whether you recreate dumpers for the Wii and the Wii U, which can dump Wii games and decrypt them, just like we've seen on the PlayStation 3, or if you're going to have tools on PC that can kind of work in conjunction, just like we've seen with the PS3, where you can take an encrypted version of the game, and as long as you have the keys and files in place to do so, you can then decrypt those games on PC and play them. At that point, you completely remove the need for the Wii Common Key from Dolphin itself, because it seems like, as they've said, getting the Wii Common Key itself isn't the easiest thing to do. However, at the same time, all the dumpers for the Wii just dump out encrypted versions of the game. And then they are decrypted on the fly on the Wii because you're playing them on the Wii right there. However, the other option here, which I think would be a little more realistic and something that we've actually seen in other emulators and tools as well, is just bringing over the key. For this, you would have to remove the common key from Dolphin itself, so Dolphin is no longer distributing the Wii common key. And at that point, I think the better option would be when you download and fire up Dolphin, if you play a GameCube game, it'll work just fine. But if you play a Wii game, you just get a little pop-up that says, hey, this game is encrypted. You cannot play this game without the Wii common key. Please obtain the Wii common key and put it in right here. And once you as the user, and not the developers, not Dolphin Foundation, but once you as the user obtain that Wii common key, you can take that key, pop it into this pop-up, hit OK, and once it is verified that this is the correct common key, it would allow you to continue on and you can play your games on there. Like I said, we've seen that on other emulators and other tools where you have to find the key yourself and it is on the onus of the user at that point. So you're really removing that responsibility from the developer themselves. And at that point, there could even be some guides as well too showing, hey, if you have a modified Wii, this is how, or this is how you can modify your Wii, and this is how you can dump the key off of it, and then you can use your own dumped version of the key. So that way, to my understanding, you are legally doing it. You are legally dumping the key off of your own system, and then you're providing it to the emulator yourself. You're not just going out and downloading someone else's key, which at that point, that would be an issue. Some people might also be wondering how you can verify this because the emulator has to check this somehow. What if you enter in the wrong key? Well, at that point, I think if the emulator should distribute anything, it should be a checksum. And I'll actually go ahead and show you all right here what I'm talking about. If you'll excuse me, I wanted to do a little bit of show and tell in regards to this here. So let's say you had this emulator and you couldn't redistribute the key anymore. At that point, the onus would be on the end user themselves. So they could get a prompt saying, hey, in order to play a game, you need to enter in the Wii common key. Now, let's say this was the pop-up, just imagining this here, and then you as the user end up entering in the common key. This is definitely, this is just garbage right there. I just slammed on all those keys on my number pad, but let's say this is the Wii common key that you've entered. At this point, we'll go ahead and save this out to a file. As you can see, I actually saved it as key.bin. It would be something like that, and it's just a plain text file. But even if I open up a hex editor such as, well, HXD, you can drag and drop it in here, and you have 
the actual hex values here, but the actual key is all just decrypted and within plain text. So you would get a little something like this. Now, some people might be wondering how would the emulator know the correct key to use? And that's why I'm thinking that if you're going to distribute anything, a hash or a checksum would be fine. And I'll show you what I'm talking about. You see every single file right here, including this key.bin, including all the files on your device you're watching this on right now, every single one has a unique checksum that can be verified to verify that that file is the exact file that it's supposed to be. So if you take the key and you just put it into a file such as this or some expected format that it can compare against, well, we can use a hash checker to compare it. And you can do that using something like OnlineMD5 or whatever hash checker you want to use. So I'll actually just drop the key.bin file in here. And as you can see, it took less than a second to verify this because it's 61 bytes, but we we have a MD5 checksum, you could also do a SHA-1 checksum, but this will most likely rely on a SHA-256 checksum. And here's the thing, if you have ever followed reverse engineers who end up reversing and finding keys for systems, they never really redistribute the keys. They will announce which keys they found, but then they will typically announce SHA-256 checksums. Because this here, you cannot derive the key. It, it only works one way. It only goes forward. You can't go backwards. You see, if you have the key right here, and you have this in a file itself, and it's saved out just like this, you can verify this file against a checksum. And if it gets this expected value, this SHA-256 value, that is going to be okay, and then and you can continue on. However, the good thing in this case is that you cannot derive the key from this SHA-256 checksum value. So just because you have this value and you distribute it doesn't mean that you're distributing the key. You're really just distributing what is supposed to be expected. So that way, I believe if there was any safe way to check this key and really verify it, the emulator can just distribute a checksum value like this, and it would probably all be in the background so you wouldn't even know what's going on. But the point is, there'd be some source code that would be expecting this file checksum value right here. And if it's able to generate a key.bin file given a Wii U common key that the user entered, and when that file is saved, it generates this hash checksum right here, then you can continue on. That's what I think would be okay. And then again, if you want your end users to know which common key would be required or expected here, then you can just share the SHA-256 checksum value. Again, this is just a hash. It's a checksum. You cannot derive the key from this. So there we go. Those are my thoughts and some show and tell and everything overall on this. Just let me know what your thoughts are, what you think of this as well, and whether you think these might be good fixes, if this could be fixed, or really any other opinions you have on this in this regard here. Uh, this was certainly... I don't think anything we were thinking we would be really covering in depth here in 2023, but I do wish the best for the Dolphin emulator. However, I do believe this does need to be cleaned up. This does need to be fixed, and I think it can be cleaned up and fixed. It just depends on what implementation they're going to do and how they're going to do all of this. Either way, this is the end of this episode of Mod Chat. I hope you all enjoyed it. Typically, if people get to the end here, I like to pick a keyword or a key phrase that you can use in a comment on the video uploads here. And if you use this keyword or key phrase in your comment, I'll know that you've made it to the end. So I did want to use something, but I was feeling like it was probably going to be a little bit too obvious just because of the topic here. Uh, so how about lock? You know, I was going to use key, but let's not do that. How about lock? What is your favorite kind of lock? Have you learned how to lockpick? Do you think this key should just be locked away and forgotten about? If you use the word lock in your comment on the video uploads here, I'll know that you've made it to the end. 
Anyways, that is about it for this video here. This is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't, a dislike is fine as well, too. But as I always say, this is Mr. Mario signing off for real this time. Thank you all for listening and watching. And until next time.